Hi, this is Joe Peters at Coldwell Banker, and I'm about to interview Jacqueline Morales, the Director of Tourism for Somerset County. Please join me. So hello, this is Joe Peters at Coldwell Banker, and I'm interviewing Jackie or Jacqueline Morales, if I'm saying your last name correct. Yes. <laughs> Say hi, Jackie. How are you? Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for having me, Joe. Hey, great. So tell us a little about your background and how long you've been at the Chamber. Sure. So um, my background is in tourism. Um, I studied uh, communications undergraduate and then received my master's from NYU in travel and tourism management uh, a little over 10 years ago. And then I will have been at the partnership for almost 10 years or sorry, for 10 years at the end of uh, May 2021, believe it or not. Wow. And who do you report into the, the board or? So um, I now report to Chris Edwards, who recently became our uh, new CEO and president of the Somerset County Business Partnership. So uh, Somerset County Tourism is the destination marketing organization for Somerset County as designated by the state division of travel and tourism, as well as the county freeholders. But we are a division of the Somerset County Business Partnership providing those tourism promotional services. Great, great. I know I serve on your one of your committees, and it's always a pleasure to meet some of the people from the restaurant and hotel industry that come out. And uh, it's it's an active group, but it's just you. You don't have anybody working for you, do you? Well, I, I kind of do. Um, so um, since I had my children a few years back, I had twins, I decided to take a little bit of a step back and work part-time. So a couple of the other staff at the business partnership do support tourism efforts. Um, that would be Sam, Samantha Calderon, and Melissa DeFries. So it's a, it's a good partnership and a great team. And as you mentioned, the, the people on the council are, are wonderful folks who we really enjoy representing. Wow. So the year got off to a sort of an awkward start. I know in real estate, if January and February were our first two dates, it looked like we were going to get married. Things looked great. And then uh, March happened. And as John said, then March happened. And that's the story. Uh, yes. John, I think, put it best in saying that he has been in emergency management all his career. And when the storm's over, you fix things and get people back up. The storm isn't ending. It's going on and on and on. So this is sort of a, a unique set of circumstances. It is. And you, John's right, because typically once the disaster is over, you can begin to pick up those pieces and the business partnership um, with the under the leadership of John has really become very experienced at that. This we don't know an exact timeline for um, an, or an end date. So it's been really difficult. And as you know, and as most people are aware, you know, everything sort of goes back and forth forth based on the current status of, of the pandemic. So it's been a challenging year. Um, and that's certainly an understatement for the tourism industry. It was interesting. I, I walk. I live in Clinton, and I walk through a park there that they were having the high school graduation on. And the year 2020, and one of the signs that were there were two rolls of toilet paper. <laughs> it said it all. <laughs> yeah, if that doesn't represent this year, I don't know what does. <laughs> so, what were we planning that we didn't get to, and what took its place? So um, as in previous years, we had a big, beautiful advertising campaign plan for Somerset County. Um, we focused both on the corporate or business traveler, uh, as well as the leisure market in a normal year. Um, and, you know, obviously reached um, out to that those two markets um, 
in a variety of ways, um, digital communications, through, you know, digital and print advertising, sometimes we do outdoor, of course, our social media platforms, et cetera, et cetera, uh, PR. Um, so we had to completely overhaul everything uh, relatively quickly this year. Um, and honestly, what we had to promote was very different. Um, you know, a lot of our businesses were not open for at least a couple of months, or they had completely scaled back or canceled a lot of events. So um, our entire campaign and strategy had to pivot as a result. Yeah, if I remember going into the year, we were talking about bird watching and <laughs> some, some very, um, I don't know what the right word would be, but uh, nice things to do if we had spare time. And I'm sure we're still bird watching, but with a different, whole different thought set. Yeah, so we had focused very successfully in the past few years on specific niches like uh, bird watching, equestrian, um, gardens, so forth. Um, and we tend to look at a pretty broad geographic target market because we want to bring visitors in from outside of the area so that they spend money on overnight stays, on meals, on, on shopping, and so forth. The longer the stay, obviously, the larger the expense. This year, with with the whole um, kind of revamp of our um, campaign and our strategy due to COVID, we looked much more locally. Again, especially earlier on when we knew that people weren't comfortable coming from really far distances. So made it more of a generalized campaign. Um, and honestly, it's been a really great opportunity in that sense, um, because normally we don't have um, the chance to really communicate and, and have a nice kind of back and forth dialogue with, with locals and make sure they're aware of what we have to offer here, but but they are our frontline sales force, in my opinion. You know, if you if the people who live in our area are educated and can speak about all the wonderful things to do here, but, they only uh, enhance our efforts. Wow, I know. In talking with Brad, he focuses on Raritan Valley or Central New Jersey. I think it's called. Right, right. It's really quite funny because they really start asking the rhetorical question: Is there really a Central Jersey? <laughs> Steve Gobert doing two, four or five minutes when he was asked the same question. I wasn't, I'm sure it wasn't in relation to Brad's efforts. But <laughs> it's the same subject. Yeah. Uh, he focused this year on staycations. He actually had 25,000 hits on his website from a staycation post. And then he segued that into all things like the Sourland tours and uh, the, the, the things to do in the uh, central New Jersey area. Um, and I know from working with you, we talk about the same thing, but it's, it's almost secondary, not primary. I think this year, we probably didn't see a lot of the primary travel that we're typically looking for. Exactly. Again, based on traveler sentiment, for the most part. Um, we did end up rolling out two campaigns, uh, again, different from what we were planning at the beginning of the year. The first one was the Somerset County Where You Are campaign, and that one came out in early uh, April when people were really still, for the most part, at home. Um, so that campaign really helped people to stay engaged virtually or in their backyards right. with the various destinations in Somerset County. We gave them some unique ways, you know, virtual art classes, backyard bird watching, you know, things of that nature, um, yoga classes they could do in their home gym or their basement or wherever. Uh, and then later, as people started venturing out, we rolled out our second campaign, which was the reconnect campaign. 
and that one emphasized um, agritourism, outdoor exploration, wellness, um, the things again that were open and that people were interested in engaging with or re-engaging with um, just in order to make sure that we didn't lose awareness and that our businesses did as well as they possibly could in this tough time. Wow. Did it bring the business community together or did it separate them? Actually, I think it did bring them together. I think everyone realized they were in this together. Um, they were all kind of at the same play, on the same playing field. And what was most striking was how creative our businesses were um, in, in completely overhauling how they normally do things, um, bringing in um, live performances outside. Um, adding those, you know, for example, the parklets, at least for a short while in some, downtown Somerville, making beautiful outdoor dining spaces. Um, you know, I talked about the virtual art classes. On the flip side, you know, whereas we were really focused on more of a local um, clientele for, for the past several months, um, for example, the Center for Contemporary Art up in Bedminster was able to draw an international clientele for the first time to their classes because they were all online. So. Wow. Um, and the farms, I really can't forget the farms who really stepped up uh, to the plate to um, fill in a, a true gap um, for the community as far as food and fun goes. So, you know, it's curious. I, I did the Leadership 100 program in 2016, and then I repeated it with Somerset County in 2018. And in 100, agro-tourism or agriculture and tourism is it's a big thing to them because when we have 25% of our, our property is farmland and of that about a third is farmland protected. So we have a lot of, but when I, when you get into Somerset County, it's not as open, but it's also not as dense as if you went over to Union or Middlesex County. So they, it gets better. My advertisement says, you're driving about 20 miles past Newark Airport, down 78 going west, and all of a sudden you're in Warren watching and you just say, wow, I just know why people would live here. And it gets <laughs> better and better and better. Then you drive all the way to Hunterdon County, which most people don't too, is almost like entering heaven because it's streams and parks and whatever. Yeah. So we, we have some beautiful things and we tend not to, as citizens of our own counties, take advantage of them. We don't. And, you know, Somerset County is a really happy medium of, you know, lots of things to do, lots of beautiful outdoor space. Um, I do think that people from the cities, um, Manhattan, and I'm sure you can speak to this better than anyone else and already have, Hoboken, Jersey City, have come to realize this in the past six months. And we see it in, in home sales, right? Um, people definitely come here for a reason. And, um, we're, we're, you know, ready to welcome them with open arms. One of the things that, one of the reasons I, I came over to Coldwell Banker about three plus years ago was their technology. We can tell where people are coming from to a zip code. And my manager sat down and showed me, this was three years ago, so it has nothing to do with COVID, that in Warren Wachung, our primary people are coming out of Brooklyn. And not only were they coming out of Brooklyn, they were coming out of Bensonhurst, Brooklyn. We can know So our advertising goes back that way because we can tell where the people are coming from and utilize it in our social media advertising. So if we're going to probably sell it to somebody in Brooklyn, why should advertise in New Jersey? Right. And, <laughs> and it, it holds true because I say to people, 
Have you noticed the New York license plates? Well, if you're in Warren Watchung, there's just more of them. But I've set uh, listings over in Warren in Watchung since the first of the year that were in a million five to two million, which is a nice upper level. And three out of four people who are coming in are coming from Staten Island or New York City or even out in Nassau. So it's happening. They're coming and they're not stopping at Somerset County. Um, I had the uh, interview I did last week with, with Barhead Freeholder, um, and I, I told him an interesting statistic. Uh, his name's Sean Van Dorn um, in, in Hunter County. And I said, Somerset County and Hunter County have now both sold more units year to date than they did last year. And considering from March 15th to June 15th, we probably didn't sell anything except what was in the pipeline. Um, that's an amazing number. I said, but what's even more amazing is Somerset County is about four units ahead of last year. And Somerset County, County, Somerset County is ahead about four units and Hunterdon County is ahead by 22%. So people are going further. Now, the jury is still out, whether it's because they can't find what they want, it's already sold in Somerset County, or if they just don't need to stop because they're probably not going back to work anyway. Exactly. Yeah, you're still within reach of a lot of great amenities within either of our counties, for sure. And then on top of it, there's a new twist happening, and that is it has nothing to do with New York. It just has to do with COVID. And the fact that if you are reasonably educated and skilled, you probably can now work from home for the first time. Exactly. I have two guys that live in my development, and I'm in Clinton, that work for AT&T in Bedminster of Asking Ridge, and they're not going back. Yep. So here they are. They're, they're not going to be buying a new car every three years, probably. They don't even realize that yet. They're not going to spend all the money on gas. They're not going to have all the emissions going up yep. into the air. And they're starting to buy lunch locally. And the only thing they're not doing is going to the grow this the the dry cleaner. He's the guy to get the, hit the hardest because nobody's wore a suit in nine months at this point in time. Right. We, we live some of that in my family. Um, not the suit part, <laughs> but my husband normally commutes into Manhattan. He's in high tech. Okay. Um, so I agree with you. You know, he's, home, he's not commuting, but he is supporting uh, local restaurants almost on a daily basis for, you know, he's not really going out to eat or having lunch brought into the office. So right. Um, that money's staying here, which is which is a nice thing, and so, you can still bank on those New York salaries. <laughs> I, I had Jim Hughes from Rutgers on about a month, six weeks ago, and he talks about the live, work, play, and learn environment. Now, mm-hmm. learning was sort of going back to school, but now it's sort of reversed itself. So, as a result of it being a live, work, play, learn environment, our shopping list for a house is different than it was before COVID started. We're looking for more compartmentalizations where the kids could be one place, the wife one place, the husband another, there's a work area, there's a TV area, there's an eating area, the backyard, or the swimming pool is now a plus where you couldn't give them away a year ago. It's all changed. Yes, I wish I had a pool this past summer, that's for sure. It is. I, I saw one in, in Holland Township. It was a beat up house. It just wasn't updated. There was nothing wrong with it, but it had a pool. It sold immediately because it had a pool. Where others that were really updated nicely but didn't have a pool didn't sell that quickly. They yeah. eventually sold and for more money. But the houses with the pool sell first because people are looking for that 
track your oasis. Absolutely. Now we're hopeful that most of our pools will reopen this, this coming summer. Um, a few were open this year, public, public and, and private pools. Right. Um, but you know, like all things in the tourism industry, it's come down to people's personal comfort level. Yep. Uh, what works for one household doesn't necessarily work for the next. And that's been a real tough um, problem or challenge for our tourism businesses. We, um, we have a new grandchild in Charleston. As a matter of fact, she's showing up here in the Keys tonight. But we, in June, July, drove, because we didn't want to get on a plane yet, because we weren't comfortable with it, all the way down to Charleston, but it's too far to drive without stopping, so we decided to stay at a four-star hotel both ways, just to make sure it's being, and we asked the question, was anyone in the room before us, was it, you know, sanitized and whatever. It took, A, I think we got a little lucky, but B, we were very careful, too, and we were still uncomfortable with it, but life has to go on. Yes, that, that's the tough balance, I think, um, for business. We know there is no great answer right now, um, but we need our businesses to survive at the same time. So, um, you know, we're as supportive as we can be of them, uh, particularly on the promotional side, um, within, you know, of course, all legal boundaries as set by the state and the governor's office. So how have our hotels and, and tourism establishments fared through this? Uh, I know you don't get into their finances, but it's got to be tough times. It's been extremely tough. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. I know that colleagues um, in the industry who have been working in the industry much longer than me have never seen anything like this. Um, a few months into the pandemic, a lot of the literature out there um, was saying that the effects of this pandemic would be about six times the effects we saw from 9-11. So just to put that into perspective, um, occupancy levels at our hotels have been um, much lower than usual. You know, we're often filled up Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights, particularly with business travel, which comprises the largest portion of our um, tourism industry in Somerset County. Um, we have seen numbers in, you know, the 30s and 40s over the fall, 30 and 40%. Um, they are, again, being extremely resourceful. You may have one or two people that are essentially running the entire hotel um, and keeping it clean, keeping it, you know, the beds made, keeping the, the pool clean, staffing the front desk. They're, they're wonderful, extremely committed people, but it's been, it's been really tough for them. Uh, again, it comes down to how do your um, customers feel about coming to a hotel right now? Um, restaurants have fared maybe a little bit better. I, I should say they've been they've had a little bit more flexibility since they can move their operation outside right. um, in the in the good weather. But now we're heading into a cold season and a COVID spike. Um, so we're very concerned about particularly the mom and pop restaurants heading into the winter. Yeah, I mean, James Hughes made a very good point about a K curve, the upper part of the yeah. K being the V part of the people who can work from home. But they are not what he calls Main Street USA. We might call them Alice, people who have limited income, limited assets, but they're working. They're part of our environment. So they're 40% of our environment. They are the people that can't work from home, and they have to go where they either are in a retail environment, a restaurant environment, a, a um, grocery check, you know, they gotta be there. They can't do what you and I can do. 
Right. Mm -hmm. And you can almost think of them as frontline workers because they still are providing a lot of very basic services to all of our households. And that's one of the points John made, which was don't forget the frontline workers because they're doctors and nurses and firemen and police and they have to go to work every day. Right. So he's saying it's, yeah, there's, Jim, Jim calls them the uh, something elite, the, the accredited elite, you know, people who've got education, people who've got experience, people who've got skills that can work from home, but it's not everybody. So the people that are still going back to work in, in that K or Main Street, the bottom half of the K or the Main Street, are the people that are finding they don't have as many hours as they used to, and their their retail establishment may not even be there anymore, or not for much longer. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's concerning. I know after talking to Brad Fay from the um, Central Jersey of tourism, I. Marilyn and I just had to get out of the house. So we picked a farm and we went to a farm. We saw some cows and we petted some goats and we, you know, we did the whole thing. We bought some cheese and it, it was almost down. It was south of Princeton because we came back through Princeton and then we stopped at this campus and walked around and had an ice cream and made a Sunday out of it. And I think everybody is looking to do the same thing. And that was three months ago. So now it's almost worse because it's almost, my God, it's gonna get worse instead of better. Um, I imagine what you're planning for the balance of the fall and early spring helps out in those destinations to some extent. Yeah, again, keeping them, the awareness high is really important. Letting um, the general public know what is coming from the businesses they may not be able to visit right now um, is really important to us. Um, we are hoping to roll out a similar campaign in March uh, to the one that we did this past summer, um, reconnecting people against once, again, once the weather warms up a, a, a bit more. We are anticipating that gatherings will resume to some extent once it's warm enough to get outside. I think after this winter, um, both on the business and, and on the leisure side, people are gonna just really wanna get outside again and, and see things. Um, you mentioned you and your wife went um, to a farm. I think that's been the one silver lining, at least while the weather was good, is that people did have that opportunity to really get to know uh, what was right around them. I think we're, we're a, a culture now that's become very focused um, if we have the means to travel, you know, either outside of the region, or outside of the country, but again, there's so many wonderful kind of hidden secrets and gems right here uh, in uh, Somerset County, uh, in Central Jersey as well. Um, we did run a, um, a marketing grant, restaurant grant pro program um, that provided a $500 value, $500 value of marketing services that we wanted to make sure to, you know, boost uh, that sector a bit. But yeah, I mean, going forward, we're also focusing on um, some other areas like uh, business and business and talent attraction. We work hand in hand with economic development on um, campaigns to bring new workers here, to bring relocated families uh, to Somerset County. Um, and also uh, we're looking uh, ahead toward a film production commission for the county um, to really highlight some of those amazing uh, settings that would make sense to um, actually be filmed, you know, be in uh, digital uh, um, production, um, which has, you know, proven to be a great way to bring uh, people to a destination um, down the road. Wow. And I look at all the things that probably didn't happen. Like I imagine the bicycle race didn't happen this year. 
Yeah, events were tough. You know, um, the majority of our major events were canceled for the year, um, and understandably so. Um, but there's a lot of great planning going on for next year. There, there are high hopes um, once, you know, I guess a certain um, number of individuals can be vaccinated that a lot of these um, wonderful, you know, just again, kind of Somerset County specific treasures, longstanding traditions and events uh, can return. So where can a listener to our podcast go to find out what they can do in the next 30 to 60 days? Sure. So we are updating our calendar with the events that are, um, you know, still occurring in the next several months. Um, and the website where you can find all of that is visit somersetnj.org. Okay. And everything that's happening in the near to not so far out future is listed there. It is. Um, again, in a normal year, we would be sending out a weekly um, weekend top 10 list. Right. Right now, we don't quite have 10 every every weekend, but we are sending out um, featured events on a weekly sure. basis and, and kind of featured activities that people can still engage with. So be sure to, you know, uh, subscribe once you get to visit somersetnj.org and you'll be in the know. I will make sure there are links to that on the post where I put this out, I'll probably for the weekend before it gets published, but I'll give them um, a little picture of you so they know who they are listening to. Uh, a link where they can find more information, um, your general number, if they wanted to talk to you. I, I've always been very impressed with all the things that are around us, not only in Somerset, but my business stands Somerset and Hunterdon. Um, but I, I live in Hunterdon, but I'm almost on the edge of the two. It's like one town into Hunterdon. And we have a, I can never say this word without stop saying it, plethora things to do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't do them because we typically go to new york or someplace and do dinner and theater and we're not doing that anymore so people who are looking to get out and do something locally there is a lot to do and this site the visit somerset new jersey and featured events is a great place to learn about it and take advantage of it and i think to a great extent, I talked to Mark Salek, who's John's counterpart in Hunterdon County. They have the Route 579 thing, where they're selling all the farm-to-table places. And there's the wineries and the dairy farms and just endless things to do. Uh, we live in a treasure trove of things to do, and we typically don't take advantage of it. I lived in Edison all my life and never went to the Edison Tower. Uh, it's just that way. <laughs> Yeah. There's also other things, great things to do like New York, but I think another thing that has happened is if you weren't hurt by the economy, you probably have some not only discretionary time, but discretionary money. You probably didn't go on vacation. Right. So, yeah. A lot of people have decided to move the monies they would uh, morally be using toward not only, you know, vacations, but just their commuting costs can really add up. Um, to do those, you know, kind of staycations um, as well. And, um, you know, one thing I would be re remiss in not mentioning for those who may not have heard uh, already is um, something exciting coming for next year. And that is that the Somerset Patriots recently announced that they are the uh, next New York Yankees AA affiliate. Um, so that's gonna be a really exciting draw, not only from, you know, our, our typical draw area for that stadium, which, you know, Somerset County, um, Hunterdon County, Middlesex, but from farther out for those who are fans of the Yankees and, and looking forward to seeing 
potentially the, the next New York Yankees play right here in Bridgewater. That is great because I'll tell you, Maryland is, I call her a Tim Tebow freak. And Tim Tebow <laughs> plays on the 18 for the Mets, but they don't play in our area. Right. They typically play in Lakewood or in uh, they're in the Southern Division or in Trent. So we've gone to Trent a couple of times to see Tim fills up the stadium every time he plays. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why they keep him. I think it's just to fill up the stadium. But it's it's kind of fun. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> hot dog and a beer and watch the home team play, and you forget it's here. So I, I encourage our listeners to take a look at what's in their own backyard. Take a look at what's coming up in the future. Mom's winter might be a little different than spring, but I don't think we're going to be out of this even if we start getting vaccine by the end of the year. It's probably going to take a year before we're anywhere back to where we once were. Absolutely, yeah. So definitely be sure to check out the website. Um, you know, sign up for the newsletter, and we'll make sure you know all the things that you can see and do close to home. Great. Jackie, it's been great speaking with you. So before we break, is there anything you wanted to mention that we may not have gone over? You know, the only thing I would mention um, is that we are still planning um, to host our annual Salute to Tourism event. Uh, it will be on January 27th of 2021. It will be a different format than typical um, in that we won't be, you know, gathering 100 plus people. Um, but the reason I mention it for, you know, the general public, visitors, and the industry as well is that it's going to be a special year because we're going to do a panel showcasing some of those best case um, scenarios or best cases of, of businesses that have really done a fantastic job of reinventing themselves to not only survive in this kind of toughest of times but to, to really thrive. Great. Well, Jackie, I have... Wow, what a lot of information Jackie shared with us. You can find her contact information on my podcast blog post. One of the biggest decisions in your lifetime is buying or selling a house. Choosing a realtor with strong client communication, technology, and marketing skills will dramatically improve your chance of success. That's why Hunterdon and Somerset's residents rely on Joe Peters. Joe believes his clients deserve a smooth and seamless experience, not a roller coaster ride. As a Coldwell Banker Sales Associate with 20 years of experience, he's helped hundreds of people to achieve their goals and dreams, no matter where they were in the buying or selling process. Here's what his satisfied customers have to say. Joe guided us through the process of selling our home and made a complicated transaction appear seamless. Joe is diligent and responsive without being pushy and truly keeps his client's best interest in mind. He would return calls within minutes if he didn't pick up. Joe accomplishes this by approaching every transaction from a business perspective. Initially, he tries to fully understand your goals and dreams and make them his own. Then he takes the mass amount of data that's available and distills it down to a few understandable action points. And finally, he controls the entire process through technology and marketing. The end result to you is a smooth, rewarding customer experience. Let Joe show you how to take his professional expertise and put it to work for you. To contact Joe, go to jpeters.com. You can call 908-238-0118 or text to 908-304-4660.